Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to another edition of A Visit to the Mound. I'm Lark Smith, along with Stan Huff, and today we have a very special guest with us, and uh, Parker Bangs. He's a buddy of yours, so Stan, you tell us all about Parker. Uh, Parker is uh, he's a pitching coach at Rice now. I thought this would have been an excellent opportunity to kind of get his take on what's going on uh, w- w- at Rice University. Of course, yeah. it was a former uh southwest conference uh team and and you know they're here right here in houston so uh uh parker you're uh you're the pitching coach now to give us a uh give us a synopsis of uh parker bangs and uh what what's going on with your your what, career what in the world are you doing at rice university <laughs> um so <laughs> i uh <clears throat> i played I, uh, I played collegiately at South Carolina, um, spent a few years in the minor leagues in the Royal system where I was lucky enough to learn from, you know, some of the best guys to do it in the coaching side of things. Um, you know, whether that was my pitching coaches or pestering the hitting coaches to figure out everything I could know about the other side of the ball as well. Um, kind of figured out that I wanted to be a coach toward the end of that part of it. Um, had no idea how to get into it. Um, what's interesting is that I actually got seen. I was playing. Uh, I was trying to make a comeback as a hitter after I got released because I, again I did both in college. Um, no takers. That's okay. Um, we. Uh, <laughs> um, I was playing uh, church league slow pitch softball with a buddy of mine. <laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, um, uh, hitting a lot of homers, et cetera, et cetera. So the guy running the league asked my buddy, like, who is that guy and why is he here? Um, turns out the guy running the league was a high school coach uh, at the local high school, Dutch Fork High School, and he asked me if I would be his assistant. So I did hitting on varsity and pitching on JV, and then he got the job as the head coach of the Columbia Blowfish, which is a, co- a team in the collegiate summer league, Coastal Plains League. He asked me if I wanted to be his assistant. So I was hitting coach, pitching coach for him there. Then I got a head job at a local high school in Columbia and a head job in the same league in the CPL with the Wilmington Sharks. And then from there, I was the pitching coach at Presbyterian College, which is a D1 in Clinton, South Carolina. And then I was the pitching coach at Davidson College for four years in Davidson, North Carolina, and now we're here. 
Well, out of South Carolina, where you were part of the South, the College World Series championship team in 2010, you were drafted by the Kansas City Royals, but that was the 31st round. That's not necessarily one of those rounds that uh, they're, they're going to give those prospects a whole lot of opportunity to make it to the bigs, is it? No, no. And that, you know, at that level, it's, it's definitely a battle every day to get in. Um, you know, I, I hang my head on the fact that I lasted longer than the average minor leader does. Um, I think it's like 1.4 years or something. Um, it made a little bit longer than that, but again, it's my time in professional baseball was spent with me getting a lot of fantastic coaching from a lot of really smart guys because frankly, I stunk at everything I tried to do. So, um, yeah, but it, uh, I try to soak up all that knowledge as much as I could. Two years of minor league ball is what I understand you, you lasted. Uh, was it baseball just had enough of you or do you had enough of minor league baseball? No, I'd still be playing if they let me. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, was, um, no, so I got hurt. Uh, first year was spent fixing mechanics. Right in the middle of the second season, I hurt my elbow. I uh, tore my UCL partially. Um, the rehab didn't quite take as well as I would have hoped. And then my third year, um, my velo just wasn't back. I was 24. I was like 84, 87, which, you know, guys are throwing a thousand now, so it doesn't really work. Right. right. Uh, but, uh, now the Royals, the Royals did release me. And again, like I, I lasted longer than I thought I was going to. So, um, tried to make the most of my situation and my opportunities there and learn as much as I could. Well, you mentioned that you were around some of the smartest baseball people you've ever been around. Who did you get the most information from that helped you get into coaching? So the two names that always, you know, pop up in my head whenever you ask this question are Mark Davis, who won a Cy Young with the Padres in 89. He was uh, one of our AZL pitching coaches. And um, the other name is a guy named Carlos Reyes. So those are our two pitching coaches in the AZL my first year. And, I mean – you going to learn from guys like that every day. It's just unbelievable. Well, you said you were at Presbyterian at Davidson. Now you're at Rice where Jose Cruz Jr. is the head coach there. Uh, how did you ever run across Jose Cruz Jr.? Did you just see the job opening apply and, and go interview? So, actually, um, the last, they reached out to me. So, last year, they, Davidson was uh, top ten nationally in about 10 pitching categories. So uh, I guess that was how I drew his attention. Um, it helps. To be a, yeah, it, it helps, especially, you know, at a place where it's essentially an Ivy League academic school. You don't get any help on getting guys in. It's not supposed to be able to do that. And, I mean, the season that we had, we were top 10 in offensive and defensive pitching. Like, we were unbelievable. I don't. It just kind of one of those things where the stars all aligned and the team was just on an absolute tear from the beginning to the end. Um, and, I mean, the work that, you know, my guys were able to put in and the success they were able to have is, you know, a big piece of – I obviously appreciate the work they put in because they helped me uh, get a little bit better gig. So, um, no, and it's, he, uh, he reached out to me and then – we did the whole interview process, and then 
brought me out to campus to show me all the bells and whistles. And we had a lot of bells and whistles um, from all sides of it. So yes, you do. It, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's a, we have a million dollar pitching lab and I get to work in every day. Wow. Uh, that helps. Yes. 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 It does. And we have, I mean, we're, we're kind of on the cutting edge on the analytics and tech and player development side of college. So and that's kind of the dream situation for, for me. I see. What uh, tell us about Jose Cruz Jr. and, and working with him. I mean, they're, they're not enough words. It's uh, it's a perfect combination of a unbelievable baseball mind and the way that he sees the game with his amount of experience and what he's done and his life he's lived. It's it's awesome to be able to bounce ideas off somebody like that. And he, uh, we're scrimmaging. He sits behind on plates. We can look at the pitches from a hitting perspective. I see. Yeah. That's, that's so he looks at it from, mm-hmm, he looks at it from his own perspective. And then he'll come over. He pitches bad. He's like, "Hey, we need to probably ask that pitch. I saw that right away." I was like, "Well, your your eyes are a little different than most college guys, but um, we'll definitely work on it." But I mean, it's having someone to with that wealth of experience. To is have the office next to mine and do that every day is I mean I'm very lucky to have that opportunity to be able to do that. Well, it's a it's a you know a person with a lot of experience at the highest level too, and uh, you can garner a lot of knowledge from that as well. So it's that's really good that you're there and uh, and you said you were you were soaking up that knowledge with the Kansas City Royals. Now you can do it with Jose Cruz too. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That's kind of, I, I try to, every opportunity I get to learn something new. I, I that's, that's kind of the whole goal is to continue to better myself as a coach so I can help, I can help players get better at a higher, higher percentage. That's good. So, uh, so we have some commonality here, Parker. So your step grandfather is Jack Aker who pitched in the big leagues for 20 plus years and, uh, he was actually my manager in Lynchburg, Virginia, with the New York Mets uh, in the Carolina League, uh, 1976. So, uh, can you g- give us a little bit of, of of tell talk about Jack for a second? Well, you know, growing up knowing that the someone of that magnitude in a game that I loved, I mean, that's that was really cool, you know, for me. And it's always something where. People, you talk about it like, oh, yeah, actually, a step-granddad played in the big leagues for like 20 years. Like, oh, wow, really? So um, it's a neat conversation piece as well. But, you know, just to know that the the history of our family has kind of always just been baseball um, and really feeling like I, I picked the right thing to do with my life. Um, not necessarily, not almost as if it was uh, destined to be so, not really even a choice that I made. Right, but I mean, I see. it's hard to it's hard to get away from the game. It feels like it's in my blood. Well, I got to tell you, working with Jack and playing for him, actually, I played for him in Visalia and in in Lynchburg. So, I learned a lot from him myself. And and he was actually actually he was signed as a third baseman, I believe, and he said he couldn't hit. So. <laughs> He had a really good arm, so they put him on the mound. Next thing you know, he's got 20 years in the big leagues. Uh, but 
uh, as you're doing with uh, uh, Jose Cruz is what I did with Jack, and I learned a lot from from his expertise and experience as well uh, when he was the manager there. I thought he was a wonderful manager too. And he actually uh, won the AAA Little World Series uh, one year with the, with Tidewater in the Mets organization. So there. Well, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. I, I want to ask you. We touched on this the other day. I wanted you give us. Uh, the, I know about recruiting in professional baseball, but that's that's the only uh, it's the only avenue I've traveled. I wasn't in college as a coach and all that. And I just. Can you talk to us about what goes on with recruiting ball players and what you have to look for in uh, high school ball players? So we also recruit uh, junior college players as well now um, at Rice. They've they have to obviously meet the academic standard that Rice has, which is super high. But uh, the JUCO world has opened up for us as well. Um, also, the transfer portal. So. You know, uh, that's a recent phenomenon where it, you can transfer any D1 to any D1 and not have to sit out. So that's kind of opened the floodgates. Um, so that's a big piece for us as well. So there's a lot of different worlds that we have to make sure we're tagged, we're plugged into. And that comes from <clears throat> developing connections with all these coaches, with showcase coaches, with junior college coaches, with all these guys. So, you know, we kind of have a wave of names that we have to cipher through every single day. Um, but it's, uh, the, the email inbox is high <laughs> every day, as you can expect. Yes. So that's a big piece of just going through and doing our diligence, making sure, like, all right, this kid looks good. Let's dive into the grades and see if that's a thing. If he's a fit academically for us, let's talk to some people about him. See if he's a fit as a kid, then reach out to the kid and start the dialogue there. So it, uh, it's kind of a continuous flow of information that we have to make sure we filter and we manage. Um, but it all stems from first point. Do we like him on the, on the field? Does he do things that we like that we think he's a fit on the field? And then we start to dive into all the off field stuff to make sure he's a good fit for the locker room for the school. Right. All that stuff as well. Cause you know, I, I've always said that, you know, you don't necessarily want the most talented guy. You want the guy that fits your system the best. Right. So you're not having to completely reinvent someone when they go on campus. And the line I always tell kids that I'm talking to them on the phone is, <clears throat> if I have to reinvent you, I shouldn't recruit you. Wow. So it's sense. always about, mm-hmm. we only have four years with them. So Correct. if we're spending and developing if I have to clean an arm path, if I have to clean this or that mechanically, that stuff takes a long time. So and there's no guarantee that it takes right away. So if I lose a year and a half of you, of building mechanics with you and, and you buying into it and trusting how your body moves in the new movement pattern, then we're wasting valuable time we could otherwise have. Right. So you, you look for the guys you can help right away because we don't know how long we're going to have them. I can envision how difficult it might be to recruit to rice simply because of the academic requirements there but yes you got to find pretty much that perfect fit one thing that we haven't really at least i haven't really thought about on the baseball level but it's been talked about greatly on the football level is nil money 
What does that have to do, or is, is that affecting baseball recruiting in any way? To a certain extent, uh, not quite as much as football. Um, you know, we're all still trying to figure out how to use it and if we can use it. Uh, the big guys are using it. You know, I think the, some of the bigger SEC schools really took advantage of the fact that they could do it this summer. Um, <clears throat> a lot of big, huge name transfers that went to big places and there were lucrative NIL deals. A lot of grumpy coaches at places that are losing guys. That <laughs> NIL stuff. So it's like, I mean, the way I look at it is like, man, uh, if we could all do it, we would all do it. So it's just, it's just a different version of the haves and the have-nots, you know, where a few giant schools that have always had more because that's just the nature of the game and the nature of the beast in college because they're always going to have more. They just have another method to get guys. So it just makes it a little more difficult. Right, I um, understand. So it, it's not like we were going to beat those guys. Or like we're not going to beat LSU for a kid anyway, you know. So it's just another way for them to have a, an advantage on the recruiting side of things. Okay, as we kind of wrap up this conversation with the pitching coach for the Rice Owls, Parker DeBangs, uh, give us a little insight on the Rice Owls this coming baseball season. So this fall, we tried a little bit different method. Instead of jumping right into scrimmages, we held off. We did six weeks of a kind of a gestation period so we could introduce all the new stuff that we're bringing with us because – the Rice didn't have the best year last year, so there was kind of a developmental overhaul. <clears throat> uh, Coach Cruz is kind of getting his feet wet still a little bit in the college game and understanding how the, all the things work. This is new to the college side of it, and college is very, very different from the pro side. So I think we're in a good spot there where the whole staff is working very well together. I honestly feel like I've been on the staff for 15 years. Um <laughs> Been working that much, have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's why. Um, but uh, the improvements have been tremendous on both sides of the ball, um, you know, with the pitching development being kind of the primary necessity. And I mean, I think I don't want to, I don't really like to talk about how good we're going to be before the season, uh, just because of general rule, but I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to be good on both sides of the ball. Well, you've got quite a bit of uh, very competitive baseball down there in the Houston area because the Houston Cougars have been doing very well recently. Uh, Houston Baptist, or what they call it, Houston Christian now, is, is really coming up with uh, Bergman over there as their head coach. You're not that far mm-hmm. away from Sam Houston, which has always been very competitive. So you've got several teams around there that can help you increase your abilities because you have to be competitive against these guys. Right, and I mean, then you take into account the other the other schools that are in Texas. I think we play all of them. Um, we play UTSA's in our conference, A and M's on the schedule, uh, Texas Tech's on the schedule, TCU's on the schedule. Um, so there's a lot of great great opportunities to you know play a lot of really really awesome teams, a lot of very great programs. So you know, we're excited about the challenge. We're excited about the possibilities and kind of the the beginning of the season is nine really difficult games. So it's going to be a nice litmus test to see how good we actually are. Um, and also better prepare our, our guys for conference play, which, you know, hopefully you, you play more difficult non-conference games and so you're better battle tested and ready for conference games when they come up. That's right. You play, you play people that might be better than you. You're going to get better too. You're going to rise to that level. 
Listen, Parker, we do appreciate you coming on and, and helping us out with this today and, and giving us some insight into what's going on with Rice, yourself, and uh, in college baseball. So once again, we want to wish you good luck, great season for the Rice Owls, and, and we appreciate it very much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you guys for having me. That's our time for this episode of A Visit to the Mound. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments or anything you would like for us to cover, we would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Visit to the Mound or visit us online at avisittothemound.com. Make sure you like, subscribe, and review this podcast and be listening the next time we make A Visit to the Mound. That'll wrap up this visit to the mound. We certainly appreciate you joining us today for a little baseball talk. Anytime you want to hear something about baseball, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast, or you can go to roguemedianetwork.com for the next edition of A Visit to the Mound. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.